Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. No bleeding on the podcast. We need bleeding today. I don't know. Do you think that would attract an audience if we bled on the podcast? Uh, if you could hear it, possibly, maybe. That would require a lot of blood. Like, it would, you couldn't just have a trickle going if you were going to have them hear it. It'd be a splash, yeah. splash. Splish, we wouldn't last splash. long. I was, yeah, it wouldn't last long. It'd be a very short podcast. It would. I'd be like, I'm bleeding out. Oh, but it sounds good. Oh, good. It, it might be one of the good ways to go. You know what they say, life is hard and then you bleed. Oh, yeah. Speaking of life is hard. Yeah. You probably have seen this movie before because it's really old, but I've never seen it. But I saw it today, and I'm still reeling from it. It's called Castaway. Have you ever seen it? Yes, that? yes, with um, uh, Tom Hanks. Yes. Yes, that is crazy, isn't it? Yes. And, and what I think is so funny, one of the funniest things in the whole, or ironic, funny, bad funny, in the whole thing is when he comes home and his welcoming party, they've got seafood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? You, right. you give this guy a platter of crabs and oysters and, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? And, and that was a part, like, well, not the part. It was one of the many parts. I was like, if I was acting this part, right, and and also if it really happened to me, which I would not have made it, but that's no, no, point. you would not have made it. I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, well, and, and I mean, almost actually, intentionally, like actually, you know. well, he tried to kill himself, but but the um, right, the survivalist they consulted for that movie uh, said that it was uh, what actually happened to him was. If he did survive, it would be pretty common. Like, he would be totally, you know, PTSD'd. <laughs> it would just be, like, fucked up in the head. Anyway. Well, as well he should be, but yeah. the, there's a point where he, uh, I don't remember what happens to him. I think he cut his hand or, yeah, because he was yeah, trying to make yeah. fire or whatever. But right. he finally just, like, starts screaming you know, and throwing things and getting pissed off. And I'm like, where was that from day one? Because that would have been me from day one. I would have been cussing at the sky going, what the fuck is going on down here? Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, his whole this world is bullshit. changed in a matter of seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, well, and then the worst part was, so I was, you know, I was still like, when he got more angry, I was like, okay, you know, and then there was the whole thing where he made up Wilson and all that, whatever. And yeah, he finally, you know, let the oars go, and he gave up, and he got rescued. And I'm like, if he has gone through all this, you know, every night looking at the fucking girl, you know, yeah, it's surviving just to see her again. And if he goes back there, and she's fucking married with a kid to somebody else, oh no, you set I'm yourself be, up for disappointment there. I'm gonna be through the roof, and sure as shit. You know, yeah. of course. Well, and I happened his his girlfriend in that movie was somebody that I was like that I really like as an actress, as a person. Yeah, um, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. That's it. I couldn't remember who it was. I just remember I really like her. 
And so losing her was not only, you know, a hit to him, obviously, he was madly in love with her. And she was madly in love with him, too, but she thought he was dead, right? I mean, you've got to give, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I felt the same way. I'm like, why the fuck didn't she wait, you know? Exactly. Um, but then again, you know, everybody thought he was dead. Nobody thought he was going to turn up. It's like he couldn't have survived that long. But still, I mean, if that's if that's the, the true love or whatever, you don't just recover and have a kid with somebody else. You fucking suffer for the rest of your life. You well, run I, through the rest of your life with guilt because you're alive and your lover is dead. I will say this. You know, you know if you can take her word for it, she said that she wasn't ready to give up on him. That, I know. That they, they convinced her that there was no right. way that he could still be alive. I know, Cause, but still. Because she's like, we haven't searched long enough. We might still be out there. And you know what? But I'm saying, even if he's dead, even if you even if you give yeah, them the fact yeah, that I she's dead, she should right. just mourn you know, for a couple more years. Well, forever. Nah, not forever. I mean, you got to you get on with your on. life. No. Life might be hard, but you still have to get on with it. That is not the podcast. I don't remember that being the tagline. You know, if <laughs> if we were going to do a Life is Hard podcast, that would be the tagline. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> you have to get on with it. You do. I mean, that's... Life is hard, but you have to get on with it. You do. I mean, I don't know why that's not the tagline. Well, because... See, I would not even have made it back to find her married with the kid because I would have just been like, this shit is for the birds. Fuck it. Well, to yeah. be honest with you... Um, or no, I mean, it's not about being honest with you, but but his chances of survival were pretty slim. He had to get very lucky. Had he had he injured himself in some way that he'd gotten some severe infection? Right. Had anything happened to him? Um, had he been on a different island, which maybe didn't have as much food or you know shelter or something, he'd have been dead. Or had a predator. He had, yeah, he had almost, I don't want to say ideal circumstances because nothing about it was ideal, but nothing killed him. Uh, he could just as easily have gotten killed. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's sort of the, the thing about that movie, though. I mean, it's like he went through all those psychological phases of, you know, first, first, you know, sort of still being attached. He was still saving stuff from FedEx, right? You know, packages that he might deliver one day, right? And then he's realizes well shit i need to look at what's in these packages because <laughs> yeah uh, later like a long time later yeah yeah he's like well, fuck this you know it doesn't matter fedex is not important anymore what matters is my survival and right. and there might be something useful in here it's, it's funny how little useful stuff people actually send to people but um yeah i was hoping he'd find you know maybe a, a pocket knife uh some you know oh, well the he had the ice skates, skates. yeah but i, I mean, mean that, that, and that, that was, was brilliant that, yeah that was very resourceful of him um but this is one of the reasons people think i'm a little weird but i never go anywhere without my pocket knife i don't leave the house without my pocket knife cindy said that's the reason she bought me a pocket knife what was that movie <laughs> I'm like, this is not, you know, like when 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 he opened that box and pulled out the skates. Yeah. I'm thinking like I could slice my throat with those if I were in his yeah. position. You know, like that would be a good way to end it right there. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't have this to, fucking misery. I honestly don't think you'd have to work that hard at it. I really think most people, like I said, most people would die in the first few months just from starvation. Right, exactly. You know, or or dehydration, because, you know, just because you're surrounded by an ocean doesn't mean you have drinking water. Right. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Um, you could be dead in a <sighs> few days. 
I know, I know. No, I, I thought it was a good movie. I've actually watched it a couple of times. Well, I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm just saying the feeling that I got at the end of it was oh, not yeah. hope and life and wonder and, you know, never know what the tide's going to bring in. It's I, like, I, I, bullshit. He, he fucking conquered all those odds and worked that hard to get back to the one person <laughs> that fucking moved on. I do you know? think he hooked like up with bullshit. the artist. I, I think he hooked up with the artist. Oh, well, sure he did. I, and that's what the movie leads you to is like, oh, you know, it all worked out in the end because he found well, who he was supposed to be with or whatever. Yeah, but, I don't yeah, I don't know whatever. that they were going there. I think there was just more or less there was life after death kind of like he he essentially died. And then he came back to the living and had to start over. Right. It was. I don't know that it was necessarily. This is who he's supposed to be with. I think it was just that he just he came back and and his whole his whole world was almost meaningless because all the stuff everybody thought was so important. I mean, he used to be. I like the way they started out where they've got all these scenes with him, like you know, we live by the clock, right? Every right. second matters. And then and then of all people, they end up on a desert island without even a way to tell time, right? Right. <laughs> Well, he he figured out a way to tell time. Well, because they he, track the days and the you know months and years, but not the time. You know, he, well, yeah. he, he wasn't. He had no. Crime. And and then the the irony. You were enjoying the irony of the seafood uh, feast there, but uh, I like the irony or the twists where when he finally figured out. Um. When the sail blew to him, when the door blew, yeah. and that would make a sail, he started figuring out how he could make a boat, and he only had, you know, he had to make all that rope yeah. in time to catch it at the right time or whatever, yeah. and he's like back on the clock. I'm like, we got a month and a half. We have to do this in a hurry, you know? Do you remember that part? Yes, I absolutely remember that. But that's actually, I think... I mean, yes, that was more like towards his normal personality, but I also think that's the kind of thing that keeps you alive when you have a mission, right? You know, when you have something to drive you and you're and you have hope, then you're like that's when you're gonna make it because uh, you know. If, now, if he had not made it out past the surf that time, I suspect that would have been the end of him, right? Not only would he probably have been impaled on the coral and not survive, but also if he'd have made it back to the shore, he probably would just lay there in the sun and died because he'd been like, that's it, that was my last-ditch effort. Right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much where he was when they found him. He he put the oars in the water. You know, he had lost Wilson. He Yeah. yeah. He gave up the oars, and he was just like, well, whatever. I thought it was pretty cool that a whale watched over him. Oh, is that what was happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A whale kept kept an eye on him, and, and then when the when the ship came along, when he got in the shipping channel, the whale woke him up. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And whales actually do stuff like that. That is not actually unheard of. That's crazy. It is, but not as crazy as. Do we dare attack the news? <laughs> sure. Okay, so just. I'm going to call you Wilson for the rest of the show, though. All right. That's cool. Uh, I'm trying to think what I would call you, but I don't know. So anyway, just in the last couple of days, some guy, I mean, I've got his name somewhere. He looks just like Buffalo Bill. He stabbed to death one hiker on the Appalachian Trail and stabbed another, stabbed the hiker's partner, but she survived. Um, 
But what kills me about this is... <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, no. Is he had been reported already for threatening hikers with his big knife and uh, had been picked up and charged with a drug offense and for using a false ID. They call it like impersonating someone or something, but he used a false ID when he was uh, approached by the police. And then he had he had pled guilty to all these things and they let him out um in in the, in the article they actually said they let him out so that he could pay his fines and i was thinking wait a minute that's not a good enough fucking reason to let somebody out of jail well not only that but why would you have to let them out to do that just fucking you know sell, bill his, them sell or, his big knife i mean i don't or know. draft his bank account or whatever I mean, you don't have to let somebody out they can pay yeah, well, make arrangements to pay while they're in. Needless to say, the guy went back out on the trail, and uh, he basically attacked four hikers, and two of those hikers went north, and two of them went south. He chased the ones that went south, killed one, and thought he killed the other one, but she was playing. She faked faked her own death, and uh, and then as soon as he was out of sight, she got up and ran. She was bleeding badly, but. After uh, after a mere six miles of running while bleeding, she ran into some other hikers and they managed to get her uh, to a trauma center. But anyway, so yeah, the whole thing is just crazy. I was just like, oh my god! I cannot tell you how often I have repeated. I'm sure even on this show that you should never go outside for one thing, right? Nor engage in any kind of physical activity, especially something like hiking. Now, now you're out in nature. You're actually, you know, exerting yourself. Nothing good can ever come from that. And here is a yeah, perfect This is like case the second point. week in a row we've had a bad story about hiking. See? Yeah, we had we had the uh, Boy Scout that got dehydrated and died on the mountain. Uh, oh, I th- yeah. I think there was Because another- he was always prepared. Yeah, exactly. And I think there was even another hiking story. Uh, well, actually, we might not have talked about it, but there was a girl who recently got bit by a snake while hiking. I'm telling you. Oh, I remember. Is I remember when that came up. Shit. That was the anti venom. Stop it. Do you remember the expensive anti venom story? Uh, yes, where they like charged. Yeah, yeah. Outrageous. Yeah, and, and we didn't even talk about the cost of the helicopter ride that was fifty five thousand dollars, but the anti venom was like fifty thousand or something. But yeah, that was that story. So, so we had a story where where a little girl got bit by a snake and had a, a some hundred thousand dollar doctor bill, right? And. Uh, not and, to mention then, being bit by the snake. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And then we have a Boy Scout that gets dies of dehydration, and now we have a camp, a couple of campers that get stabbed, one to death, and just one, you know, wounded. But, See, kids, uh, don't hike. That is not the takeaway. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know our podcast has not been doing well for hikers, but now to be fair, as long as we're going to have equal representation here, which I know you'd rather I didn't, they have actually very few incidents on the Appalachian Trail. It's more likely that people uh, will run into trouble from, you know, like spraining an ankle or something than it is that they get attacked by somebody or eaten by a bear or anything. Well, like even that. spraining an ankle or getting eaten by a bear is not a good outcome. I mean, you know, you no, can't. No. You, look, if you're sitting in the couch, on the couch with your legs up watching TV, you cannot sprain an ankle. It's the moment you get up to go get something from the fridge. You yeah, your you're just, you sprained. know... As that's a, why somebody should bring you the drink. As an thing. avid outdoorsman, I will just say you're just not living. You may. I thought by equal representation you were going to tell me like how, about how somebody died inside. 
Oh, well, obviously people (laughs) die inside. People die inside all the time. I mean, we've got stories about that. But the the uh, the thing about the Appalachian Trail, though, is they after they told the story, they did mention that this has only happened something like this where someone has gotten attacked or something like eight times in forty five years or something that they know of. Well, they don't have all these people like disappearing mysteriously on the trail. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really happen. If someone disappears, they find the body, and you know, it's not like we have all these mysterious disappearances. <laughs> Still, you're evil, Rob. No, I think the outdoors <laughs> is great. I think the outdoors is probably safer than the, the road. I mean, sure, sitting in your on yourself is fine, but you don't sit on yourself. You go for a drive. You go to get fast food, and you get hit by a, a you know a speeding truck because it's what happens to more people. I mean, we get forty thousand people a year dying on the road, and then we've got another forty thousand now dying of opiate uh, overdoses. So. Hiking is really not that dangerous by comparison, but I am upset that the that the law can't hold somebody who they know is a threat. At least keep them off the trail, do something, you know. Just this whole idea that they're sending them back out there and like, well, we can't do anything until he kills somebody. Oh, now he killed somebody, we can charge him. That's right. bullshit. I mean, we put people in prison for minor drug offenses for five fucking years. I mean, I don't think they do that anymore, but remember for the, for a long, long time, if you got caught with an ounce of marijuana, five years instantaneously, no question oh, yeah. asked. And here we got a guy who's, you know, really... And, and, and after that five years, you can't vote. I mean, you have, it's hard to get a job. I mean, it's a lot yeah, and more here, intense even than that. And here you got a guy who's threatening people with a big knife. You know, potentially going to kill somebody, and I mean, it's not even a hypothetical, right? He did, and they right. can't hold him for even you know uh, trial. So yeah, I just oh bullshit. I just nah. anyway. Oh, so here's one that's near and dear to my heart. Arizona just took nunchucks or nunchucks. I don't say it off of their banned weapons list. It's now legal to own nunchucks in Arizona. Thank God. I know. Isn't it crazy? I mean, that was one of the first weapons I picked up when I was in martial arts, and I <laughs> I love them. Um, I have got a couple sets of them. I don't even know if they're illegal in North Carolina. but um, uh, They're probably not. The cops are on their way to your house right now. Well, here's the kick with these things, and this is why I wanted to get into this a little bit, because the way these weapons came about, these like really weird weapons, is because... In feudal Japan, and I probably, I'm probably going to get the history all wrong here, but just you guys who know better than me, just go ahead and correct me. It's okay. Um, but back in the day in Japan, um, they didn't let the peasants have weapons. And if the peasants needed to defend themselves, they had to get creative. So they made things like nunchucks. I mean, nunchucks are essentially two sticks with a cord between them. Right. So if, you know, if someone says you can't legally own nunchucks it's like totally stupid because you just make nunchucks that you can remove the cord and now you've got two pieces of wood and a piece and of cord and now you can legally own them exactly and when you want to use them you just attach the cord between them and there you go and that's how these weapons came about a lot of these different weapons were common household items that they converted into weapons and got creative with and figured out you know highly skilled ways of using them right. and then when someone came looking for weapons they didn't find any um, so it seems that silly sense. Why, would you, why would you put something like two sticks with a piece of cord between them on the banned weapons list and it's funny because you look at the other stuff on the banned weapons list is things like gun silencers you know I mean things that are like really dangerous right and then they've got nunchucks 
two states. But not now, right? They no, no, they took them. them off. Yeah, I think there are still so, some states that have them. So now every jackass in Arizona can walk around fucking wielding nunchucks. Well, that's and how they got on the clip list. Clip his own oh, ear and off. That's another ironic thing is every jackass in Arizona right now can open carry a firearm. Right, I mean that's that's been legal forever. You can walk around with a pistol on your hip, but you couldn't carry two sticks with a cord between them. Right. Uh, you couldn't even own two sticks with a cord. You can have an arsenal. You can have an arsenal of machine guns and pistols and rifles and whatever, but you can't own two sticks with a cord tied between them. The the vision you're bringing to my mind is the second Indiana Jones movie. Yes. And and the the guy takes out the sword and he's doing all the fancy stuff with the sword like I could see somebody doing that with the nunchucks like ah that's exactly what they do yeah doing all the fancy crap with the nunchucks and then Indiana Jones just goes rolls his eyes and pulls out his gun and is like dead yeah and what made that even funnier was he had been he had been fighting everybody else right he, he'd had his guns on him the whole time and been fist fighting and brawling and you know he didn't bother to shoot anybody until that guy and he's like oh fuck yeah well, and he's like, yeah, show off, whatever. But, yeah, that with the nunchucks uh, being legal in Arizona and the guns, I just I could see that replaying itself. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they passed these silly laws. Although they did say that the history of it was exactly what you're saying. Apparently some movies came out, Bruce Lee movies and stuff, back in the day. And all of a sudden, everybody had to have these things, and they were, you know, taking them to school and taking them to work and, you know, flinging them around in the park, and, you know, everybody was getting hit in the eye and shit, so they're like, we, we got to put a <laughs> stop to this. All fun and games till someone loses an eye. Yeah. Well, I was joking with somebody when I was talking about it. I, I said, I'm, I love nunchucks, and it's one of the things I learned, I got pretty good at not hitting myself with them, um, which is essentially what you do when you practice. You learn how to not hit yourself. Right. Well, that's a good, good thing for to to know when you're wielding a weapon is how to not inflict damage upon yourself with it. Well, it's not as easily done as said. You know? Well, not with those. Especially. Yeah, they're particularly dangerous to yourself. So, so your your skill level basically needs to rise to the point where you don't hurt yourself, and then after that, maybe you can learn to hurt somebody else with them. But first, first and foremost, learn not to knock yourself out. And so, if somebody's wants to learn nunchucks you just say sure go ahead knock yourself out exactly actually every time someone picks them up i i kind of like step back and go do you know what you're doing with those because i just assume not be in the room if you're going to play with those right because you know they slip out of your hand and go flying through the air and take out the television or something you know it's like yeah just go go back 30 50 feet into the yard and play with those by yourself Go into your little padded room there and yeah. have a good time. And I'll check on you in an hour and see if you need first aid. <laughs> Speaking of first aid, I was reading that a lot of people are not going to the emergency room now when they otherwise should because of the cost. Because those those because we've I mean we've talked a couple times about emergency room visits being like ridiculously expensive. Right. The anti venom and there was another one before that. Um Oh, there's plenty. Yeah, there's so many, many anecdotal stories. But the, but this particular story, they, this guy was talking about how he had been researching this particular problem. And, and uh, he came across this one particular story where this child had eaten some particularly bad, not poison, but something that would cause them to potentially go into a seizure. And... Uh, 
and and it was it was some medication that children aren't supposed to take, or at least not take that much of. The kid had like taking the whole bottle or something. So the lady, uh, part, like the kid did it or the parent? No, the kid it. just got into it somehow. Okay. And anyway, the parent you know first swiped the stuff out of the kid's mouth. So so she called the poison center and the poison center. Well, they said if she could go into seizures. She probably needs to be monitored. You should take her to the emergency room. And the mom mom happened to have just had an emergency room bill recently for a couple thousand dollars that she couldn't pay. And she's kind of like, oh, God, I don't know. So her right. and her husband, you know, agonized over this for a little while. And what they decided to do is drive to the hospital and sit in front of the emergency room door, you know, close by anyway, and monitor their child for a seizure. And, uh, I mean, they gave her some treatment before they did that because, uh, right. yeah. But but anyway, so then that's what they did. They, they waited it out, and she did never have a seizure, so they never had to take her in, but... But these are the choices Americans have. And to she's make. fine to this day. Yeah, she's fine now. I mean, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't like she was guaranteed to have a problem. It was just that it, the poison center right. said, "Better safe than sorry." You don't want her just to freaking die, and then go. Oops, we should have taken her to the emergency room, right? Right. Um, My sister ate poinsettias when she was a kid. Oh, that's good. And, and, and Ben Gay. That's even worse. <laughs> I would think that Ben Gay would like like really burn. At some point. She, she said, mmm, daddy, cream. Mmm, it's cream, yummy. Really? <laughs> she was all about the cream. Like, mmm, this is good cream, dad. <laughs> I don't think she had taste buds. <laughs> Not after that, certainly. I read somewhere that children had more sensitive taste buds than adults. I'm not so sure this is true now. <laughs> Because I think I would be like, like, right. get like it off, dad, cream. Get, get it off of my tongue. It would be like burning and, I mean, it would be like, because it's hot. It's, you know, it's, I guess everybody has their their moment in the sun. I mean, I did some crazy things when I was a kid. And that's why childhood is something you need to survive also. That is true. Childhood is another thing that's dangerous. Add that to the list. Don't ever hike and don't ever be a child. Well, when we were uh, hunter-gatherers, I'm sure we talked about this before when we talked about sapiens, the, the, the time to get through is about the first five years. If you made it through the first five years, your life expectancy was actually pretty good. Right. And I think that's kind of true now, too, but for different reasons. Um, but the, I don't, I'm not prepared for this, so I'm not going to know the guy's name, but there was a book that came out recently written by some guy about basically about the, the dire consequences of climate change. And uh, he was being interviewed on NPR, and he mentioned uh, that humans will probably survive, but possibly in a different form. You know, we'll have to adapt. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, that was Homo Deus-ish. I was like, I wonder if he read Homo Deus. Because Homo Deus is real big on future humans will not be like current humans. With the, with the technology we have right now, the ability to genetically modify things and... The ability, we're fast approaching the ability to merge cybernetics with people, with, with your brain. To, they've, they've got now, they've got different devices where they can read thoughts, they can determine what color you're looking at, um, various things. And once they get to where they can wire into your brain with prosthetics or whatever, and at some point you could just lose your body altogether. I mean, why bother? Um, but yeah, anyway, no, the, the, the whole, um, the, the problem with climate change is we're going to get to the point where 
you know, nothing can survive, but that basically means nothing organic, right? So if right. we modify ourselves, if we adapt our bodies or our whatever to, to some point where we can survive, of course, not all of us will survive. This is the same reasons we talk about the emergency room. Like, can you afford to be modified? No. Well, sorry, you're going to die. Right. Um, yeah, so I personally think the whole... The whole thing is its just going to make the whole social justice thing worse than it is now. Just when we're starting to get, it feels like we're making progress. I don't know if you saw that uh, Monsanto lost a uh, another lawsuit Mm-mm. to the tune of $2 billion. That's what the jury awarded the people. $2 billion. That is insane. And Monsanto is just screaming bloody murder because they're like, the EPA says it does not cause cancer. And the only people who say it does is the World Health Organization and they're rogues. They're out, you know, they're outliers and everybody else says it's safe. And apparently what they brought into evidence in the court was all of the emails, correspondence and whatever that Monsanto had sent around and had been using to say, you know, basically working with industry representatives, uh, convincing, you know, doing everything they can to cover up any possible evidence that their product does cause cancer and, and you know, promoting anything, anyone that says it doesn't. And, right. you know, basically just trying to, to change, the, to, to spin the message, to, to control the, the message, basically. Exactly. And, to control the narrative. And because they got busted for for controlling the narrative as you say they they basically got punitive damages the the actual damages were 55 million and the punitive damages brought to 2 billion just over 2 billion and who do they pay this to who's getting they'll never pay that are you kidding they'll they'll appeal that and they'll appeal that and they'll appeal that but just the idea they they lost that lawsuit and they've lost a couple more and there there's a whole like slew of lawsuits waiting in the queue against them this the tide feels like it's turning in some regards like it feels like there's sort of like this awareness of these corporations you know killing people and that people are coming you know they somehow we're winning but at the same time i see this whole climate change thing is reversing any possible positive trend and i don't mean to be like totally like hopeless but but might as well be that's the theme for tonight (laughs) why bother that's my big question for this evening what is the fucking point? What uh, good is it? Well, I mean, I don't want to go there. I think there's a difference <laughs> between lethargy and reality, right? I mean, I don't. If I get lethargic, if I get to where it just doesn't matter, like I just don't care anymore, there's no point. I mean, why not just stop eating? Um, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, wh- well, why do you why do you get up in the morning? Why do you feed yourself? Why do you why don't you just decay away like, ah, shit to do but there's no point in doing this shit if i know i'm just saying i don't buy that i don't buy that there is no point i think life is well, i guess because i'm not dead That's life why. is its own point i mean go back to the castaway again you've got i mean basically he said he finally realized all he had to do is keep breathing and this is what life is i mean it, it life is what you make of it it's not it's it's not a specific thing. Life that's the beauty. Yes, of it. it is. It's hard. That's well, what it is. Of course, it's hard. Nobody said it was going to be easy. <laughs> that's that specific thing. That doesn't yes. mean that making an effort is pointless. It just means that you have to make an effort. You can't tell me that you've given up if you're arguing with me. Okay, I didn't say I've given up. No, but you said there's no point. 
And I'm, I'm saying, just saying, that, why not give up? That's all I'm saying. But you derailed my my point in that in that I'm as sorry. as okay, right now let's just say that there's mostly for the most part enough fee, enough food in the world to feed everybody. And I and I say that because there's a lot of waste and there's a lot of people who get way more than they need. But I would say right now there's probably roughly enough food that everybody could could get enough to eat if if we could distribute it equally. Um, I don't know if that's true, but yeah, just play play along with that. Yeah, as, go with the premise. As we move forward in time in this thing, and our food supply gets cut in half because of the climate change, um, which is roughly what's going to happen in the next thirty years, we'll have half the food production, but we'll have more people. Well, who do you think is going to get what food is available? Do you think it's going to be poor people? Or do you think it's going to be people who have money and resources? Well, I'll, duh. I'll let you make that decision. But that's why well, I say duh. I think social justice is going to just, as things get ugly, it's going to just get to where, I mean, if you have money, if you have three homes scattered around the country and two of them get wiped out, well, you still have one to live in. If you have one home and you happen to be in southern Florida, which is going to be underwater in 20 years, you have nowhere to live now. You have to be. You become basically a climate refugee, and at some point, you know, you're just going to be a refugee. Don't have to live like a refugee. Yeah, unless you have no place to live. Unless you live in Florida. Yeah, well, you. That's, give, that's how that song went, right? I give Miami less than twenty years, and I give Florida in general less than fifty, because. They're talking 25 feet of sea level rise from the Greenland ice sheet alone, which they said is melting like eight times faster than they thought it was. And, right. and that's just taking out every other increase in, in sea level from every other source. That's just Greenland. So that's enough to put most of Florida underwater right there. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think like they'll build walls or something? You can only hold out so much. I mean, there's, I mean you're going to build a wall all the way around the entire state. Well, I mean, I mean, that's not practical, but don't you think they're going to do that anyway? They're going to try? Oh, they're going to try. Don't you think they're idiotic enough and stubborn enough to well, not leave and just try to build a big fucking but, but we wall have, to keep we the water have, We have examples of how this works. People will put sandbags around their homes. They'll, you know, sandbag up to, like, say, four feet, and they'll have this, this basically wall all the way around their home, and the water will stay out until it gets four feet high, until it reaches the top of their sandbags. And then, now they didn't create a, a safe zone, they created a swimming pool. Now when the water goes down, guess what? They're in a pool of water that isn't going to go down because they've built a wall. Obviously, you have ways of draining it and stuff, but the point I'm trying to make is that once the water breaches your wall, you're suddenly going to be in a swimming pool. Gotcha. That's so, interesting. So you can build your wall, and you can build it as high as you think you need it, and as soon as it gets topped, you're done. That's sort of what happened in New Orleans when the when the levees were topped in the in the um, Katrina. It was Katrina, right? Because right? then instead of holding the water out, it holds the water in. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. they're double-edged walls. <laughs> well, that's kind of what happens. I mean, you can build walls, and you can you can hold back the inevitable for a while, but at some point, you can't hold back the tide, right? I mean, and those people out in like uh, Paradise, California, which I still think is very ironic. That city, they got wiped out by the uh, big fire. Um, I think it was the campfire. Anyway, they the city's gone. I mean, it was just raised, as in R-A-Z-E-D, raised to the ground. There's nothing left. No infrastructure, no 
houses, no power lines, nothing. I mean, that means no infrastructure. But anyway, the point is that those people are still trying to figure out how to to come back. You know, they're living in RVs. The they just don't have. I mean, there's just nothing. And right. so, I mean, you start thinking about that. Like, okay, um, they maybe finally will get over a period of years, probably you know, ten years, start to rebuild. What if there's another fire? Woof. I mean, <laughs> the, the, some of the predictions are that there's going to be you know ten times as many fires in, in ten years as there are now. So, I mean, Jesus. It's just at some point you're like, whoa, I mean, why even bother to rebuild? Why not just kind of live in a, well, for that matter, an RV, I guess, and move it when or you Or move. Well, but where are you going to move to? I mean, I don't what, know. there's another North. catastrophe waiting around the corner. Climate change is hitting people from all different directions, from floods. To, I mean, they have a, they're in a flood right now in, in uh, Louisiana. They've got huge flooding there Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night or Sunday morning. They had five inches of rain overnight and flooded the city of uh, New Orleans. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just happening everywhere all the time. Now, granted, New Orleans is probably a bad example because New Orleans is below sea level and it floods really easily. But we've had flooding in Iowa. We've had flooding, you know, catastrophic flooding all over the Midwest. Um, We've had fires in the West. We've had, you know, hurricanes tornadoes whatever it's it's getting to the point now where i'm not saying there are no safe spots but there there really aren't i mean there's a few places where I'm, i think where my parents live in minnesota is pretty nice and they've got cool weather there so they can kind of you know beat the heat for a while but but it's all going to be okay because at the end of the day if you try your hardest and you just keep breathing and do what it takes to survive eventually some hot redhead will pull up in a truck. You never know. I'm pretty sure it isn't going to end well. It's hopeless. We're just heading for a cliff. And some of us will survive. <laughs> That's the weirdest part. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is hopeless, but some of us will survive. Yeah, some of us will. I mean, there will be those that do. Quality well, of life. that suck so bad that they can't even go extinct correctly. Yeah, well, quality of life is not going to be what it was, I can tell you that. Let's just say that life is hard, and it's just going to get harder. Life is hard. We're changing the tagline again. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.